All right, joined now with Pistons head coach and general manager Paul Dick after last night's draft. Uh, Paul, how are you feeling uh, the, the overall draft went? Well, I think we were pleased. We had the opportunity to reflect as a group, as a staff, after the uh, immediately following the draft. And I think um, uh, everybody was, was really happy with the results. And um, we, um, you know, you always go into it uh, identifying players that you're hopeful for. And um, you just, you're never certain on, on if they'll, they'll be available, and particularly um, when you're picking later in each round. So, um, you know, I think uh, it went largely according to plan, I think. And uh, we had, you know, you kind of um, make some projections on where some other teams may select or who they may select. And um, so, yeah, like I said, we were, we sat back and really pleased with the day. All right, so before we get into uh, the picks and we break down uh, some of the newest members of the organization, I've been wondering, I saw Santa Lucia dropped off pizza. How much did you eat and did you share with anybody else? <laughs> well, there were two boxes on my table, and uh, I did share. I, uh, <laughs> I, I told guys from Santa Lucia that we that I, I did not uh, consume both of those boxes alone, so... <laughs> It, uh, we we all had an equal amount, Dave. So it was uh, <laughs> it was a nice way to sit back and and enjoy the rest of the rest of the late morning lunch. Yeah, for for you and and head scout David Anning and and Calvin Bujic and, and your other scouts as well. What was it like to talk about like fresh hockey content and and talk about you know uh, hockey issues instead of life and world issues? Uh, it's been so much fun to be honest with you. I think. Uh, We've had a lot of discussions. Um, we've had numerous Zoom calls, uh, and I was, you know, going into the first one. I thought oh, maybe it will be an hour. Um, it lasted nearly three hours, and I think we just had, you know, we have time uh, that we've typically in the past maybe we've been a little more rushed. Um, we had time, and it was just it was just fun discussing the players in depth for uh, and going way down the list and just discussing you know, dozens of players in Manitoba. So we did that uh, on several occasions. And then yesterday, once again, it was just just great being in the same room. We, of course, we spaced ourselves out uh, accordingly. And um, But to have, uh, like you said, fresh hockey discussion, these are players that are um, kind of entering into a new phase of their hockey career. So uh, Always a ex- very exciting day for the players that are selected, and and us as a staff, I, it was it's really one of the funnest days. I you know I really enjoyed it again yesterday. I know the staff, uh, the scouts put in so much so much work during the year and, and uh, watched so many games and you know talked to other coaches etc. So for them, this is kind of their their championship, right? And um. It's what the, it's what they wait for. They they scout all season, and then uh, their their big game is the draft. So um, I thought they just did a ter- terrific job. David and Matt McNish and Kim Red were very very prepared, and you know informed uh, us as a staff very detailed on 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 uh, the players that we were discussing. And uh, so uh, yeah, it was it was just really really enjoyable. Just you know three great three great guys to work with and I think uh Booge and I really enjoyed the experience yeah and if uh if you want to go back and I mean uh you got some great articles up on on the steinbackpistons.ca of of past drafts and how guys have come in and made an impact and 
You know, this draft, it, it's weird to think. It's not like the NHL draft, Paul. They, these guys are not expected to come in this year and make a, an immediate impact. Uh, you're looking two, three, four years down the line, and uh, that's that's got to be a little bit unique for you because you're trusting the word of a lot of guys that maybe you don't get to see firsthand uh, these players as much as you'd maybe like. Yeah, you're correct. I mean, you know, this year in particular, I didn't get to see the players as much as we typically do because of um, the season being cut short and, and the spring events through Hockey Manitoba, the POE program um, that typically takes place in, in April, um, did not take place. And then beyond that, there's the Top 40 event that usually takes place in uh, in May. Um, and then we have, normally we have our draft in June. So, yeah, I usually have a little more first-hand knowledge on, on most of the players. Um, I, I was very familiar with the Eastman kids. So, you know, through the autos and the draft, we were able to select four of them. <clears throat> and um, so you do put a lot of trust in in your staff. And, I mean, they're guys, I know their track record were like-minded in many ways when you know, when David speaks or Kim speaks or Matt speaks, um, you know, they paint a pretty good picture of, of of the player. And they also have an understanding of our criteria and what we're looking for. So, um, you know, that definitely makes it very comforting, knowing that uh, we just have some really good people in place. All right. Uh, let's get into the draft picks now, Paul. Uh, I love talking about uh, some, some future studs for the Pistons. First round, 11th overall, uh, Brett Kaiser. Is it Kaiser or Kaiser? Yeah, it, it's Kaiser, yes. All right, so yeah. Brett Kaiser, he's 5'7", 130 pounds right now. Uh, he's 14, 15 years old. What do you like about Kaiser? Well, there's a couple of things. One, he's a very intelligent hockey player. I think that's um, maybe one of the first things that jumps off the board. He just uh, he, He's going to be a player that does a lot of things well. Um, I think there's a lot of potential there for him to grow. Uh, his dad was a... Was a maybe a late bloomer, so to speak, and um, was eventually drafted by Quebec and then played at Minnesota Duluth. And, uh, you know, Brett's younger brother, or sorry, older brother, plays with the Winnipeg Bruins and was also a small bantam player. Today he's playing, you know, U18 and he's 6'2". So I think there's some upside there in terms of growth potential. But, uh, yeah, you know, he's a player that knows the path. He wants to head down. He wants to be a college hockey player. And, um, you know, he was spoken with the family prior to and um you know we, we talked about earlier a little bit part of our criteria is we want to have people that are involved in our program and that are excited to be pistons and brett definitely falls into that but uh i think there's a yeah a lot of a lot of upside a very well-rounded player a very intelligent player uh so that uh, we we're really pleased with that pick all right, Paul, I know you've been in the game a long time. You've, you've drafted players before. But is there still some butterflies in the stomach when you have a guy that you know you, you maybe circled like Brett and he starts coming down towards where you get to pick? Do you get some butterflies? Do you get some nervous excitement that uh, somebody else doesn't swoop in and grab him? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, you really do. I mean, as as you're following the draft, or, you know, we're sitting in the room and uh, the teams in front of us are selecting you know, there's some anticipation there that, you know, who are they taking? And, and sometimes we have a, a pretty good idea, um, maybe based on some prior discussion with that team, or they may be selecting from within their region, et cetera, or 
sometimes you just feel uh, you know that's the style of player they might want to select. So there's no question. We, you know, we had we had Brett, um, you know, in our sights, and, and then um, as teams are 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 naming players and selecting them before you, it's a little bit of relief every time. And uh, because then that starts over. Once you make that pick, then we're now we're eyeing our second pick and. Um, so it's it, you're no question. There's definitely some butterflies and, and excitement. It feels a little bit like it's game day again. It feels like a playoff game. Uh, Paul, elite franchises and, and top end organizations they don't always do things by the book. They go out and they take some big swings. Uh, I think in the second round, from a fan's point of view, taking a goalie is, is a bit of a big swing. But what about Colin Weeb? Made you want to grab him with the 22nd overall pick. He's 5'7", he's 135, he's from Eastman. Uh, what about him stood out that you wanted to grab him early? He was the first goalie taken in the draft by by quite a bit. Well, we had identified him as we we had made the decision we were going to draft a goaltender, um, and we just said, well, which goaltender do we want? And, um, you know, there's a number of really good goalies in the draft. There's no question about it. There was depth at the position. Um, you know, we had some firsthand knowledge on on um, on Colin. Uh, really, really like his work ethic. He's a very focused kid. Um, um, very dedicated to the game. Um, you know, just from sometimes when we talk about goaltenders, we don't talk about their IQ and, and uh you know, their intelligence and their ability to read the play, but it's very important. Obviously things are happening quickly in front of them. They need to be able to read, not just what the puck carriers doing with the buck, but where other players are positionally and where are the threats. And I thought, uh, you know, we've had some discussion just around his intelligence as a goaltender and, uh, you know, Dan Ferguson, former goalie coach worked with him extensively. Uh, Guy knows him as well. And then, uh, David, um, and our scouts had a really good handle on him, and we just felt all along, um, you know, he's the guy that we want. And uh, sometimes, if that's the guy you want, then you just go get him a little earlier. And we've we've had success doing that in the past, and uh, he's another guy. He wants to play college hockey, and you know, hopefully, we're able to provide that opportunity and and play a role in his development path. Um, with all due respect to the first two picks you made, Paul, uh, the third and fourth round selections. Uh, those got to get you pretty fired up and pretty excited because you might have uh, uncovered some gems that in a couple of years fans are going to really be uh, be appreciative of, of having them in the organization. Uh, let's go to the third round, 33rd overall uh, defenseman, right-handed defenseman, Blake Goretzky. Uh, he's 5'9", but he's already 220 pounds. Uh, that, uh, that, that is eye-popping, Paul. <laughs> well, and I don't know if that's accurate. He's probably closer to six feet. Um, um, very athletic kid, very athletic kid. I think, uh, you know, some of the reports out there were, you know, if he grabs a basketball, he's going to be one of the best basketball players on the court. He grabs a baseball or a football, um, just an athlete. And, uh, you know, we've seen it on the ice. Um, you know, he's, a, he's a very talented player. Um, you know, right shot defenseman, very good, good kid. Um, so, you know, once again, checked a lot of boxes for us. The talent was there. The character was there. player that was, was excited about coming to Steinbeck. And, um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of upside to him. 
And right-handed, too. I mean, uh, it, it seems to be all the rage now. It's, it's either a big centerman or right-handed defenseman. Uh, did, did his hand play a, a role in, in wanting to grab him in that third round? Well, no, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, we just felt he was the best uh, He was the best defenseman available for us. And he was like, um, you know, we weren't sure what was going to be available in that position after, you know, we selected the goalie in the second round once we took Colin. Um, you know, there are already some, some dominoes that had fallen in, in that position. So, you know, when Blake was available there, we were pleasantly surprised and, and – um, so if he was left, I mean, if he was left-handed, we would have taken him as well. <laughs> uh, another pleasant surprise, as uh, head scout David Anning called it, was Reeve Sukit of the Winnipeg Warriors, 5'11", 170 pounds. Uh, he's got some eye-popping numbers, Paul. He's he's quite the hockey player. Very, yeah, very, very good hockey player, no question about it. So we had him really high on our draft board. Um, you know, we took Brett... Uh, who was a line mate of, of uh, Reeves. And, um, you know, then we take the goaltender and then we felt we should take a defenseman. And so you're never quite sure. But uh, we we felt like, you know, where he was and where we had him on a draft board, it was just... Uh, so we were very excited when uh, that selection was available to us. And it was really a no-brainer at that point. So... You know, I had a really good discussion with him yesterday, and um, it's really excited about him as well because he's he's going to be a heck of a hockey player. Yeah, forty goals, thirty-five assists, and thirty-five games put him eighth in the Manitoba Bantam Triple A League. Shows how uh, top-end talent that league can produce. It, it's amazing you can have seventy-five points and be eighth in the league in scoring. <laughs> well, that's for sure. And that team this year was special. That Warriors group was was uh, very very talented and. Um, you know, a lot of guys put up put up some good numbers. You don't see teams like that very often, and Reed was a, a big part of that team as well. You had a second selection in the fourth round, forty uh, fourth overall, Jace Thompson. Uh, you've had some luck with kids from Brandon before. I think Bradley Schoonbert. Uh, I think James Shear, Curtis Ireland, who's on your team now. Uh, hard shooting forward from Brandon. Uh, what do you like about Jace Thompson? Well, there's a number of things. He's a player that I haven't seen a lot, but but uh, David and, and Matt had. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, you know, they were they were really high on him. And, um, um, you know, I think he brings a bit of that combination. That, you know, the players from the south, Southwest usually are, um, you know, they're, they're intelligent, they're gritty, they can score their hockey players. And that's, um, you know, he's from Brandon. I think he's just from six six seven miles outside of brandon and he falls into that southwest jurisdiction so yeah there's no doubt we've had success with guys from that area from sheer to schoenbart and uh but um I, you know he's another guy that we feel is potential to uh, have a very nice career with us and then your final selection uh 55th overall you grab local boy uh lewis hartung uh I mean, a really great story when you think about him changing uh, from playing defense to forward this year, uh, putting up 22 points in his, his first year as a forward. Uh, he's 5'10", he's about 140 pounds, but if he's anything like his dad, he's going to fill out and hopefully not in, in, in Joel's you know, areas where he fills out. You know, you want him in the, the upper, not the middle. Uh, but it, he's going to be a, a good hockey player, Paul, where we look down the line and say, oh, it's a, a Steinbeck kid getting picked by the Steinbeck Pistons. No, you, you picked him for a reason. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
you know, when we go through the draft, I mean, we we're fortunate to have a number of local players this year through our autos and then uh, with Colin and, and Lewis. And, um, but those aren't, you know, picks where we're just selecting them because they're local. We're, I mean, um, we're picking guys with the potential to be Steinbeck Pistons and to be uh, contributors to our hockey club. And, you know, and Louis brings something a little different than some of the other players that he's got a physical uh, component to his game. And, uh, Absolutely. Changed positions this year, so it speaks about his ability to, um, you know, to want to, ad- to adapt and to think the game. But, um, you know, uh, our scouts were, were impressed with, with him this year, and then Daryl Anning, a former, our, our former head scout, also really liked him and feels like he's got potential to be a really good, really good MJ player. And so, um, you know, you don't want to draft – five players that are in the exact same mold and you know Louis brings a little bit of a different dimension <clears throat> you know he's going to be a little more of a meat and potatoes guy that uh, but he's going to make defenseman pay so I think every time he was on the ice and he's looking to bring some bite and, and then uh, I think the further the longer he plays the position I think he's just going to get more and more comfortable as a winger all right, Paul, uh, I have just a couple more for you to wrap up here, uh, starting with uh, we talked about it prior to the draft. Uh, usually there's some trade conversations, there's some potential movement with the roster freeze in effect until uh, June 1st. There's really no movement that can be done. But were there some conversations that get sparked, even uh, though you guys aren't all in the same room and, and maybe there's something that starts at the draft that can be completed later on? Was there some conversations, had? There is. Um you know, there are some dis- discussions that do take place. Typically, when we're in the same room, uh, it's much more active. And, you know, the general managers are going from table to table or the head scouts are are trying to spark some some sort of uh, um, potential activity. Uh, th- this year, it definitely was quieter. Um, you know, there was some texting taking place, which made it feel like a normal draft again. But... Um, um, it, it was definitely quieter. We're following, you know, Hockey Canada's guidelines here by by uh, maintaining the roster freeze until June 1st. So with the draft normally taking place the first weekend after that June 1st deadline, um, um, there is, you know, the ability for us to trade roster players, active players, list players, yeah, you're not just waiting. It's not a hypothetical two months down the line. It's you can pull the trigger on something now yeah. if you want. Yeah, it does make a difference. No question. So this one was definitely a lot quieter. Yeah, there's some chatter, but, I mean, we are, what, April 27th here today, so we have... Uh, we have... Um, Way too long. <laughs> five weeks, I guess, right, before a player can... before any of that activity can transpire. So I'm sure, you know, teams are going to... Um, stay in, stay in touch, and if there's anything that did get sparked yesterday, I know everybody's probably anxious. It's a, you know we are so far ahead of the game, though, Dave. I mean, this is usually taking place in June. We're here at the end of April, right? So, um, um, and and often teams are still playing. Right at this point, there'd still be an MJHL team that was playing, and yeah. you know, one or two that have just just finished here recently, or I guess three that would have been finished recently. So um, the focus on, on the, the next season is, is just a little ahead of the curve here this year. So um, as much as we'd like things to 
maybe uh, maybe heat up. It's um, the reality is we probably have to be a little more patient. Yeah, and and you as a GM and a hockey guy know you never want to make moves out of impulse or emotion or boredom. So you got to make sure that you're even keeled and maybe not being able to do anything till June first will help some guys. <laughs> well, that's that's probably true too. So. All right, Paul. So you make uh, you make all these draft selections. Are you able to reach out to the kids after you pick them and and just chat with them? What's that? What's that like? Yes, we are. So we've made that a practice of you know calling the players uh, immediately following or shortly after the draft. And um, um, you know, in some cases, we've spoken with the player already. So it's it's really um, maybe a completion of of some prior discussion. But uh, it's exciting. I know that. We had a tremendous reaction from the players. All of them were very excited to be uh, selected by us and, and looked forward to coming to our first camp. And um, so, you know, that, that's it's great to hear that, and it's very rewarding. And, um, you know, I think for our organization that when you select players, they're excited to be a part of it and, and continue uh, growing, growing our brand. And um, and so. You know, I think that wasn't. I, I still, it's, it's humbling in many ways. I still reflect on, uh, you know, my first draft of the organization, and uh, it was a different time, and um, maybe we didn't have the same appeal at that point. And so, to be where we are today, I'm certainly very, very grateful. And you know, um, for I mean, and our players have created that. So the guys that have been here in the last number of years have, have created a culture, and um, they've made it a an appealing place for for young guys, and I think uh, they are former players are, are really your best marketers, right? So if they're skating in the rink, and, and some of these young kids are are uh, you know seeing them and seeing them interact, and maybe they're having some discussion, and they're talking about junior hockey, and uh, maybe they're promoting our program. So pretty grateful to be in the position to uh, you know have have your draft picks excited to join your organization. Paul, uh, I know you've spoken on this prior, and uh, I'll just get you to, to comment quickly on players that don't get drafted. Uh, yeah, it's it's it sucks not seeing your name go, but it's not the end of the road by any stretch, right? I mean, kids that that have a chance to go to any camp, whether it's uh, you know an, an MMJHL or, or the MJHL, if you get a chance to go to a camp, go, right? Because you never know what can happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the kids that didn't get drafted here. I, um, in, in some aspects, they're in a pretty good position. Uh, you know, if they have a good start to next year, they might have the choice on where they where they go, or they may have the ability to, um, you know, ch- choose between which team lists them. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, I, I always reflect on um, Justin Ogier, yeah. and you know, Oaks is one of the one of the top Pistons in our history, and one of the more memorable players here and impactful players who wasn't drafted and, uh, you know, just a listed player afterwards. And, and, um, you know, Oaks had a tremendous career. So a later bloomer and, uh, you know, the, the draft is an opportunity. There's no question about it. And it's, it is exciting for the players that do get selected uh, for those that don't, um, by no means is that door closed for them. And, uh, you, you know, you look at, there's, dozens of players in our league that were never drafted uh for those that their 
goals to play in the Western Hockey League. There are dozens of players that were not drafted in the play in the Western Hockey League and that are good players. So it's really the draft is the opportunity, but that's where the work begins. You know, and what are we going to do with that opportunity? Um, you know, there's going to be, when you look back at this draft in two, three, four years, there are going to be players that um, maybe never don a jersey of an MJHL team. Yep. That's the reality. That's what history shows us. And you're going to see players in, in the league and like, why was he not drafted? That yeah. <laughs> Don't you love it when you hear that? Like, oh, Paul, you had, you had five, six selections in a draft. How did you miss this kid? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then that's, that's just the way it works. It's every year. Every year it's really the same pattern. And they're young guys. And uh, it's really difficult to uh, be you know, 100% accurate on our picks um, due to the fact, one, they've matured at different rates. Um, they have different choices ahead of them. There are sometimes that we've seen athletes that choose another sport in a year or two. Um, you know, we've seen guys that um, have maybe lost lost some of the passion and desire for the game and are no longer playing. So, you know, there's a number of factors that, that come into play. And, and, uh, and then on the flip side, I mean, we'll, we'll have some kids at camp that go undrafted and, and we'll be like, wow, how did this kid not get drafted? It, it happens every year. So it's, you know, it's it's not black and white in terms of who goes in the draft and who doesn't. You know, even last night we're like, man, there's there's some good players here that are left that will play in the league. Yeah. They just did not get drafted today. So, you know, I think it, they shouldn't be discouraged by any means. And I know that uh, <clears throat> sometimes I look back on my own personal draft when I was selected in the NHL draft in 1991 was um, I might have been better off not getting drafted as I could have been a free agent. Instead, I went to, uh, you know, the two-time Stanley Cup champions who the, the opportunities necessarily weren't necessarily as, as good had I been a free agent and been able to sign with San Jose. Yeah, well, you know, that, team that would we gotta get to, we got to get you on the podcast and maybe talk about that sometime in detail because your career is fascinating. And uh, just just for the record, so you were drafted in 1991 – and you were drafting kids yesterday, born in 2005. <laughs> so that would make, you know what, that's not important. Math is not important. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my age doesn't factor into this. <laughs> uh, two more. One more player I want to talk about before we uh, before we wrap up, Paul. Uh, he was just named the USHL uh, Player of the Year, uh, Reese Gaber. Uh, he's only in Steinbach for a very short time, but boy, did he love it here. Love the organization, speaks so highly of it. And I know you have a lot of respect for him. Uh, as a player and as a person, uh, so to see him be honored like that, uh, what was that like for you? Well, it was awesome. I mean, who doesn't like Gabe's? First of all, I mean, uh, I've ne- we've never had a player here that was here for such a short period of time that had such an impact on his, uh, not only on the game, but uh, you know, on his his teammates and and uh, billets and community. Like uh, such a lovable guy. And uh, what a heck of a hockey player! So fun to watch. Um, you know, we were we were you know really hoping that he was going to come back that year. Um, you know, he wasn't sure on, on his decision at the time, but wow, have things ever turned out well for him? And not surprised. I mean, I think for for those of us that 
had the ability to watch him firsthand. What a tremendous um, achievement for him this year. You know, I saw he was named uh, the first All-Star. I'd sent him a message, and then shortly after, they named him the Player of the Year top four in the USHL. I mean, that's that's incredible. And you know, and I know, spoken with the coaches at uh, North Dakota, they are they are thrilled to have him coming in next year. And I know that's just going to be a really good, really good fit. So couldn't be happier for Gabe's. Yeah, he's got a really interesting path too. I heard a story that uh, when he was selected in the draft that there were some people that were actually laughing at uh, at the Dauphin Kings cuz he at the time he was drafted he was 4 foot 9 he was tiny like, he was he tiny literally, he literally i remember and then so he came in that he played a couple games as an ap as a 15 year old with the kings and i remember like this guy's going to get abused and <laughs> <laughs> uh, it didn't take take long to realize this guy's a good hockey player <laughs> yeah he, he's finding ways to survive he may not be big but his edges were incredible and uh his competitive nature um has, has you know he's just intrinsically driven to um you know to, to get better every day and and uh he just loves the game you know what his energy is contagious i think he just when you watch him it's fun to watch because he's having a lot of fun playing the game yeah he's got that unique smile and uh every time he's talking or thinking or playing hockey he's got that smile going uh paul you can smile now a little bit uh do you get some vacation time because there's really not a, i don't know what you're really doing here for the rest of the little bit <laughs> do you get early vacation now or, or what are you going to do over the next couple of weeks well, we're still recruiting. You know, we're still focusing on next season, and, and uh, um, we are um, just uh, well today. Uh, speaking with our, our jersey supplier and just making a little tweak to our to our jersey, so there's going to be a it's going to get freshened up a little bit. Um, so, you know, there are still things that are taking place, no question. Yeah, I do plan on taking a little time off. Literally, I've, you know, since the end of the season, it, it obviously we haven't been playing, but. Um, I've been in the office virtually, you know, virtually every day since. So, yeah, I drive. I drive past the office on the way to work, Paul. I always see your truck there, and you're the only one in the parking lot. It looks so sad and lonely. <laughs> well, yeah, it hasn't been a um, uh, lively environment. You know, usually during the season, there's a lot of lot of discussion, and uh, you know, people coming in and out, and there's a fair amount of traffic. But uh, the door gets locked, and um, following uh, the COVID-19 protocols and but uh it's you know what I'm I'm grateful that I'm able to go to work and that things are happening and, and you know we're looking forward and um I love being at home it's been it's been awesome having this extra time with our family but uh, I think it's important that you know we we get out and see some different things and maybe uh I don't know if the office is fresh air exactly, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I, you know what? I love being there. Obviously, I love love the job and our um, organization, and um, it's you know it's good to be able to do something where you feel like there's there's hope for the future, and and I think yesterday was was a little bit of that of injection of hope for everyone in our organization as well. Well, I appreciate uh, you taking some time. It's nice to talk about hockey again uh, for for a half an hour, listen to some stories, and. Think about what's to come next year, Paul. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure, Dave. Yeah, anytime. Look forward to uh, having some more of those discussions in the fall camp. Yeah, that, that would be great. Thanks again. You bet.